Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't. The conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today, unfortunately, I want to talk about more chaos in this world to everyone listening. If you are listening with kids or might potentially be triggered by certain subjects, I will be talking about drugs and alcohol and death by suicide. And I want to preface this, which I don't normally do, but I'm going to today and I'll explain why later. Um, I want to emphasize that I'm talking about these topics as a human being, as someone who's lived with anxiety my entire life, as a widow, but also as a licensed psychologist with over 20 years of experience, specifically in related to alcohol and drugs and doing extreme outpatient programs, intensive outpatient programs with teens and adolescents and young adults. And so I am coming from a place of compassion, but I'm also coming from a place of experience. And why is that relevant? I will explain again later in this show, but I want just to emphasize that when we're looking for support, when we're looking for other people who get it, when we're looking for tools and resources and places to go in this day and age, it's important to think about credentials because there are so, so many people, and I'm not knocking anybody out there, but there are a lot of people who are getting coaching coaching certificates. They're not even degrees. Um, and that I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm just saying that they might not have the education background that someone does with a degree and credentials behind their name. And so why is this relevant? Uh, TikTok star, let's get past the fact that that's a thing. Apparently that's a job title and something we can put in our occupation, but 19 year old model and TikTok star Cooper Noriega passed away on Friday. And all weekend long, I've been following the story and looking for answers because this this is somebody who has a major platform, billions of followers. I don't know the TikTok world. I know my nieces watch YouTube and know people on YouTube and talk about them like their friends, like their characters on TV shows that we know and relate to. So I'm guessing that TikTok is now similar and people have huge, huge platforms. So this is someone well known to other people struggling. He has been open about his own addiction, which he began using and experimenting at age nine, which is something that would normally make me say, oh my God, nine. But in the world we're living in today, that's common. And I'm hearing these things all the time. And we have to recognize that not having these conversations with children is huge because they are seeing this in their peers of all ages. So it's no longer wait until middle school, wait until high school to have these conversations. Kids are exposed to these things. 
So all that is known at this time is that he was found in his car in a parking lot. I think it was at the mall, uh, but there was no foul play, right? So no broken windows, no gunshots, no criminal activity. And the cause of death has not yet been determined. They're still investigating, but the autopsy has been completed. So what does that mean? That tells me that it potentially is an overdose or death by suicide because 19 year olds don't just pass away randomly. Right. I mean, there could, there could be something medically that they haven't found yet, but it, it doesn't feel that way. And I need to also point out that in the same week, literally less than a week apart, uh, Jack Wagner, who is Jack Wagner and his wife, whose name I'm drawing a blank on, uh, but they are stars, huge stars for years, decades on General Hospital. I'm really, really trying to think of her name. Jack and Kristen Wagner, I believe, have a son, 27. And in the last week, he was also found in his car in a parking lot. He was also in recovery with a long history of addiction and in and out of rehabs. And again, no foul play. So my concern as a human being, but again, as a psychologist, I have been there. I have seen these things happen in waves. I have seen other people struggling look to a loss and to, to look at it as a glamorous ending or something that they can also do, especially if it's someone like this TikTok star that millions of people look up to. So he has a platform. He's open about his own addiction and he's open about his desire for there to be more places for young adults to get help and to be open about their struggles without judgment. And I'm all for that, all for that. But I want to remind you that this is a 19 year old living in crisis, still struggling. This is not someone with any professional background or any professional experience in life. So he's creating this forum for people to go to, people who can find him on TikTok, which you're allowing people to use of all ages, right? And he literally, his last post or video, whatever you call it on TikTok, was something along the lines of who else feels like they're going to die young. Something about dying young. You can look it up on any social media platform, Google it. The picture of him is not a happy, bubbly person. It's He, he looks sad, he looks depressed, and there's a comment about dying young. Jack and Kristen Wagner's son, who was 27, adult, but older, and his addiction and, and rehab stuff goes way back into his teens, also had posted something hours before they found his body. These are cries for help, guys. These are things we can't ignore. These are people who have huge platforms. So somebody saw. So I want to talk about the importance of what we do and if it's better to be safe than sorry, thank goodness nothing happens. Please understand that there are, I'm not even going to go into the statistics. There are multiple situations where a suicide can lead to multiple suicides following. 
and there are connections. And I don't want anyone struggling to look at these situations as glamorous and think that this is a way out. I am again, not saying that he was under the influence. These, these are facts that have not yet been released, but 19 and 27 year olds don't just pass away in their cars in a parking lot. Both in California, there are just too many things that that's making me think, oh my God, we're about to get a, a wave of this. So my thoughts are that we need to do something. If I saw this post, right, as a professional, I don't know him. I couldn't pick up the phone and call and check in and see if he's okay. And even if you can online, you can message anyone. So even as a stranger, I still would have felt compelled to do more. And you might not know what to do. I don't know everything to do, but picking up the phone and alerting someone in his family or even an authority that you're concerned and need help, it's up to them to track the location and do all that fancy criminal stuff we see on TV. We don't have to be the ones digging for that while a crisis could be happening as we're looking for it, right? So we need to know that calling the professionals is an option. It's it's the first thing we should do. Calling a parent, calling a loved one, reaching out to someone so you're not shouldering this alone. His family has released statements. Um, they're asking for privacy. They're expressing their love. Nothing is indicating that this was an overdose or a death by suicide, but also nothing's indicating that it's not. And I know there are just so many people struggling on an average day, let alone in a world where every single day we're getting news of another mass shooting. People of all ages are worrying in June about going back to school in August and September because of the shooting in Texas that is still fresh in everyone's minds. So we need to look at these situations compassionately and coming from a place of love and wanting to help, not getting anyone in trouble, but a wellness check, calling the police and asking for a wellness check, finding a family member to say, I hope I'm overreacting, but I saw this and I'm freaking out. Can you please you know, get in touch with your niece, nephew, whoever? We can't just stay silent and wait and see. And I'm not saying that any one person had the power to prevent either of these situations, but I'm talking about people with big platforms and millions of followers, and they made a post. So they wanted people to know their thoughts in that moment. And their thoughts, both of the posts were cryptic, but still alluding to depression and, and thoughts of ending their lives. So what do we do? I personally believe we have to be diligent with any comment and take action and, and not sit there and worry about what if I'm wrong? What if you're right? Every single second is wasted if we're right and we're overanalyzing this or worrying about getting someone in trouble. I promise you that in these situations, even when bad things happen, I, I did an episode a week or two ago about a wellness check that police didn't handle properly. And they came and I, you know, have a situation now where someone's traumatized by police and guns. The case was still dismissed. 
the person who they were, the, the call came in, the concern about this individual person did not result in anything bad for her. No legal issues, no arrests, nothing like that. Trauma from being around guns and those types of things, certainly. But her life is still here. And, and we can deal with the aftermath. We can't deal with this aftermath. We can't relieve any pain or reach out. And now there are millions of people, whether they knew him or not, who feel like they know him from TikTok, who could be grieving and who can also be looking at this as a way out. And that is what I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see a spike in whatever this is. So if you are concerned about a friend or a loved one, what can you do and say, and how can you reach out? And if you are concerned about yourself, where can you go and what can you do to reach out? We need to have these conversations. And the first thing I will say is that there are hotlines everywhere and they have people of all ages who have to go through training. Maybe they don't have degrees and years of professional experience, but it's how the experience gets started and they're trained. And if they have a call that's too much and they don't feel they can handle it alone, they have other staff to turn to to help assist that call. So the national hotlines are great. Even if you're in a different state than the person who answers the call, it is their job to connect you with people near you for support. The other thing I'm going to mention, my number one resource for anyone is NAMI, N-A-M-I, National Alliance for Mental Illness, NAMI.org. You can type in your city or state when you get to the website and find resources near you. And they completely value confidentiality. They are all fully trained and they will help find the support that you need and be that first step. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to a professional that you know or have worked with in the past. You can reach out to law enforcement. You can reach out to the fire department and any type of emergency responder, first responder, EMS. You can reach out to teachers and, and professors at schools. And thankfully, I have had wonderful relationships with so many schools in my career. More often than not, they will bring in someone when they don't feel qualified to handle it all alone. And you know what? Maybe they are qualified. The bottom line is these are life and death topics. And the more trained people involved, the better. So those are just a few options of how to start. The bottom line is that silence and, and these two situations I'm talking about weren't completely silent. There are posts. There's a recorded diary, so to speak, that we can look back on and we can see pain and we can see suffering. And it's not a TV show. It's not an imaginary character. These are real people with real life struggling. And you can be miles away and not know the person and still take action and make a difference. You're not obligated to, but I think we all are obligated to, and we all need to be looking out for each other as well as ourselves, because the world is chaos. Literally every day I see another mass shooting story. People are having homes destroyed by fires. We're seeing 
people passing away from heat stroke with the crazy temperatures we've had. There's a lot that we're all dealing with before we get out of bed on any given day personally. That is all going on and it's not a direct reflection of my personal life, but it affects me. It impacts me. I am devastated for the friends and family members of these two men. And and the Wagners are public celebrities and they're using their platform to, they've created a foundation. I don't have the name in front of me, but they also are working to make it easier and safer for people to get the help that they need without the fear of embarrassment or stigmas, right? But that's after the fact, after a devastating loss. And mind you, these are people with all the money in the world that sent their son to all the places and did all the right things. Addiction can hit anyone, anywhere. It doesn't care about economic class and social class and weather. So if if their son couldn't get the support and resources that he needed, what about every average person in America that doesn't have that money behind them, right? So there are horrible things happening all over and everyone wants people to get the help that they need. And literally young adult programs are closing left and right. Turning Point, which is a nationwide program for young adults, just closed its um, residence in Fort Collins, Colorado, where I'm located. And it's hard enough for an adult to get the help they need when it comes to substance abuse or mental health. But when we're talking young adults and teenagers and children, there are even fewer services available. So they need us more than ever. People need to know that they can talk to us. They need to know that they're not alone. If you are not affected by addiction, I invite you to think long and hard about everyone in your life. Because I believe that we all know one person who has addiction issues or has someone in their life with addiction issues. We are all touched by it. We just don't talk about it to know that. So again, I pointed out at the beginning of this episode that I'm a licensed psychologist and I use this platform with my life experience as well as my education and professional experience. And why does that matter? Because people can go on YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and connect with anyone anywhere. And there are a lot of people trying to spread positive messages about addiction and mental health. Thank goodness. But what are their what are their credentials? Does it matter? Does it matter when it comes to posting on social media? Absolutely not. But does it matter when it comes to who we reach out to for support? I think a resounding yes. If I have somebody dealing with addiction, I get it that it's it's great to connect with others who have lived through it. But has that person healed yet? There are people in recovery all over that will say, I'm not ready to be a sponsor. I'm still dealing with my own recovery. And even people who are sponsors and who have been for decades will tell you that it's a major responsibility to take on because they're managing their own sobriety and then mentoring others. So who do you turn to if you're concerned for yourself or a friend or loved one or a colleague? 
There could be someone online that you think has the most inspiring messages in the world. And by all means, take a picture of the quote, send it, share it, give them credit. I'm not disputing any of that. But when it turns to making a referral for who someone should turn to when they are struggling, I'm going to tell you, I've worked with loss and grief and trauma my whole career. So over 20 years but I only lost Jim. Wow. It's almost four and a half years ago. Okay. So the, the first 15 plus years of my career, more, almost 20, I had education. I had professional experience, but I didn't know what it felt like to be a widow. I worked with widows. I worked with people who had lost but living it takes it to a different level. So I get it. If you want to find someone who's been there, but does that person also have the professional experience? Is that person qualified to be there for yourself or your loved one in question who's struggling? I am a huge fan of coaches everywhere. I have several. I believe we should all have coaches, but it is easier to become a coach than it is to get a degree. So there are people all over, just like in any profession, there are good and bad. And there are people who are coaches without the educational experience and without the lived experience. So when you are seeking that help, I want to reiterate that there are national hotlines for suicide, for addiction, and those are reputable and there are trained members working the phones and they are trained to help you get the resources you need in your area. NAMI.org, N-A-M-I, National Alliance for Mental Illness, run by trained professionals. All resources are confidential and they have services all over the country and they're experienced and you are in good hands. Joe Schmo on TikTok, who is in recovery and has amazing things to say, is great, but he is not a professional. And bear that in mind when you are looking for more than scrolling. When you are looking to make a referral, when you are looking to say to someone, I love you and I'm concerned and I think this is a great connection that you could potentially have, before you make that introduction, do your research. Is that person qualified? Because let me tell you, if you know me, you know I love Friends. It's my favorite show. I talk about Ross and Rachel and Phoebe like they're my siblings and like we hang out all the time. They're characters. We don't know them, even though we feel like we know them. So if there's someone with you know a huge TikTok or a YouTube following and they're you know famous on YouTube and TikTok that doesn't mean they're qualified. And I am not trying to disrespect anyone who's sharing valuable information and resources. I just want people to be aware that people who are struggling still struggle every day. I lost Jim and I'm doing better than I was. And people look at me and think I'm fine and I'm not ever going to be fine. So I just want you to recognize that if we're talking about addiction, how far along in, in sobriety is the person you're turning to? Do they 
have time under their belt? Do they have experience being sober before you give out that information to somebody who might really need a qualified professional to get them the support they need? It's great. I have pictures of quotes and things I see all the time, but I don't refer to them as a reputable source if it's just a cool quote right? There's a difference. So think about how you frame it. And again, I want to reiterate that I'm speculating. The cause of death has still been deferred. It's not yet been announced. I don't know if it's known or they're still waiting. To people who are struggling that did follow Cooper Noriega and who are affected by his loss, reach out. Don't struggle alone. Losing someone, whether you knew them personally or not, affects us all. And you are grieving and you deserve to grieve and heal and be heard. I'm not mocking that at all. I'm saying deal with it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Find the right people to get through it with. And if you're thinking that you or a loved one or a colleague or a friend's friend might need something more than just a pep talk. Do your due diligence when it comes to who you refer to. And if you're not great at research, I am not the biggest fan of research. You will never, ever, ever fail by turning to NAMI.org, again, N-A-M-I.org. And then there's an area where you can enter your location and it will find resources for you. I'm in Colorado and there is NAMI Denver, NAMI Larimer County, where I am now. So it is not just one organization per state. You can connect with people in your area and get help immediately through people with training and education and experience and lived experience matters. I get it. I don't know what it's like to be an addict and to be in recovery. And you might prefer to work with someone who is, and that's fine. But there are people in recovery with degrees. There are people who want to do more to help others and they get the training necessary to do that. So again, I really hope I'm overreacting and I'm speculating and I hope these two incidents are completely unrelated. I am afraid that we're we're in this place in time in this world where so many people are struggling and I don't want you to look at this as a glamorous way out. There was a suicide, I had a suicide survivor on last week, Jay Schiffman. It was an amazing episode. And he said, the first thing anyone who survives a suicide attempt will tell you is that they're very, very, very glad that they survived and that you don't realize all that you have to live for until you survive. And that there are millions of people grateful that someone made that phone call and that someone extended that branch for help. So stick your finger down your throat and throw up if you have to. Do what it takes. Life is not easy. There are no simple answers, but you do not have to get through it alone. And people who were at the bottom, who never wanted to wake up again, will tell you that. 
it's not the right choice, that they're so glad and grateful that they survived. So before you make that mistake and take that chance, there's so much support available. And I want you to know that millions of people like Cooper who have lived through it do take their situation and use it to help others. So while it's completely admirable and so many are missing him, please find someone trained and qualified and do not suffer in silence. And to people who are seeing these posts, any comment, people will ask me, when do I react? When, you know, I have a friend who always makes comments about not wanting to wake up tomorrow or life being not worth living, things like that. When, when do I do something? Now, the minute you're asking that question, you don't have to call the police. You don't have to, you know, stand watch and look over them 24 hours a day, but you have to recognize that your concern is valid and that not saying something and not doing something has way more repercussions. And so what can you do? Can reach out to again, me, a national hotline, NAMI, all these resources will be in the show notes as well. But handling it on your own is too much for anyone. Even when someone comes to me, we have teams, we turn to other professionals to, to get through difficult situations with our clients, because even though we're trained, it's still emotional. It's still difficult. It's not easy to pick up the phone and make a call when you're concerned about someone's safety, but it's necessary. And I'm more trained than you are. So you can reach out. If you, if you don't know who to reach out to, reaching out and just saying, help me find the right person, that's all you have to do. But not reaching out is harder. And how do you have the conversation? When Jay was on my show last week, he said, be vulnerable yourself. Share your own tough day. Make it a safe space so that these people who are struggling know they can come to you when they're having a rough day. But if you have somebody who's actually making comments that are making you wonder, then now is the time and you don't have to approach them directly. You can bring someone in, even if it's bringing in your parent and saying, mom, I'm concerned about a friend. I don't want to tell you who, but how should I handle it? My point is that you should not handle it alone. No one. We we take too much on and think that I won't burden so-and-so and and I'll just, I'll deal with this because it might not be that big of a deal and I'll reach out if it's bigger. Well, in the meantime, it is bigger and bad things can happen. So you're, you're doing yourself harm by not letting others help you be there to help someone else. If you need more information, if you want to talk about loss in your own life, you can reach out anytime. Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. I just want everyone knowing. And you know what? I've been there. I've had the days that can't end soon enough. But tomorrow is always another day. And tomorrow might not be better yet. But it's another day and another step forward. And the one thing that every single person I work with says is that it's always easier when you let people in. So above all, just don't suffer in silence. Don't struggle alone and don't overcomplicate who to reach out to. Reach out to anyone to start.
and say, help me find the right qualified professional, right? We obviously need trained people for these situations, but you might not have them at your fingertips. You can text me anytime. You can go to 800 numbers and websites that are 24 hour. But if you don't have those resources, go to someone, go to your best friend and say, who should I go to? Just don't deal with it alone. Thank you for being a part of this community and being a part of working with me to change the way the world views mental health. These are stories that perfectly exemplify why we need to be having the conversations and why we need to be having the uncomfortable talks because people's lives are at stake and the world is looking at our platforms and social media and turning to people for conversations that can be had in our backyards, in our, at our dining room tables for dinner. So thank you again this weekend. I hope everyone has a wonderful Father's Day. If you're struggling, if it's your first Father's Day without a loved one, please reach out. No one should struggle alone. And until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week. Thank you.